You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to another episode of the How to Win podcast. Now, this podcast is based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. Thank God we're in Christ. Wouldn't this be a scary place if we were not in Christ? And the Bible says no matter what's happening in our environments, in our world, in our circumstances, no matter what's happening, we always win in Christ. I used to say this years ago. I said, when the dust settles, I'll be standing. But I want to say that on behalf, on your behalf, because you're in Christ. When the dust settles, when everything kind of clear up, guess what? You are going to be standing and standing in victory and standing strong. We're talking about worry or trust. How are you responding? We're in the worst, severest crisis of our lifetime. So are you worrying or are you trusting? How are you responding? We spent about two sessions, episode one and episode two, talking about worry. For the last two episodes, this being the third episode, we got, we've been talking about trust, about trusting God right in the middle of this situation, trusting God. Now, I'm going to conclude this series. Oh, so, oh yeah, I'm going to conclude this today because we got a lot to talk to you about. I got a, I got a prophetic word that I'm going to share uh, this Sunday, and you need to start telling folk about it. We're going to talk about the acceptable year of the Lord. God gave me a special word to share with the body of Christ, the acceptable year of the Lord. You don't want to miss that Sunday. It's going to be, oof, it's going to be absolutely amazing. But we're talking about trust and we want to complete it today, talking about five conditions of trust, five conditions of trust. Now, listen at this statement. Your trust level or you will grow in trusting God based on or directly related to these five things, these five things. And I think what I'll do, I'll give you an overview. You will grow in trust, trusting God based on, number one, the quality of time you spend in God's word. Number two, your fellowship with God in prayer. Number three, your development of a faith-based relationship with God. Number four, your boldness to obey. And then number five, your experience of God's faithfulness. Now, I went through that really quick, but now let's look at each one of them. You will grow in trusting God because, you know, trusting God is, it evolves over a period of time. And even in this very difficult, uncomfortable time we're in right now, we can grow 
in our trust in God, our trusting God. And we grow based on the quality of time we spend in God's word. The quality, number one, the quality of time that we, you and I, spend in God's word. Now, John chapter 15, verse 7 John chapter 15, verse 7, in the New Living Translation, listen what it says. It says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. That's John 15, 7, the New Living Translation. But if Jesus is speaking, he said, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. And guess what? It'll be granted even in a crisis. Now, listen to what Jesus says. He says that if you remain in me, and my words remain in you. Well, we're in Christ. I know you're thinking we're in Christ, so we're, we're not going to hop out of Christ. We're not going to be in and out of Christ. I think what he's saying there when he says remain in me, I believe he's talking about approach life from a spiritual standpoint. Because even though we're Christians and even though you and I are born again, we can face a situation from a natural perspective. The Bible calls it walking in the flesh. We can approach life just like people who are unsaved. So to remain in him means that when we're facing a challenge or a problem or a situation or dealing in a relationship, God wants us to approach that challenge. He wants us to approach that situation from a spiritual standpoint. And I believe that is what he's talking about, remain in me. And then he says, if my words remain in you, we're not going to depend on some other word. We're going to depend on his word in the crisis. Now, listen at this. Our trust will grow in direct proportion to the quality of time we spend in the word. Now, here's an instruction. In a crisis, it is important that you and I spend more time in the word. Come on, say more time in the word. Come on, let's say it more time in the word. Now, you know, we have our devotional time and we have our time where we read our scriptures and, and we go through our devotional manual or our, our book or whatever. We have our readings. OK, that's good. Don't stop that. But in a crisis, we have to spend more time in God's word. You say, why, why should we spend more time in a crisis? Because in a crisis, there's a lot of negative information that's flowing us. There are situations, statistics. I, um, I got a feed on my cell phone this morning that 2,100 U.S. companies 
are bracing for a budget shortfall and they are planning cuts and layoffs, 2,100 cities. See, in a crisis, we're getting information. We're hearing about this person, that person is infected, or that person died, and all this information. These individuals are laid off. We look at on television, we see these people in cars trying to get food. See, we get all this information coming at us from all different ways. And it's not so much that we're trying to get the information, but all this information is coming if we're not careful we will allow the information that's coming from the outside to build in us an image of failure, an image of defeat. Now, the converse is true. If we'll spend more time in the word in the crisis, then we'll build on the inside of us an inner image of victory no matter what is happening around us. And trust will be easy for us because we're spending time in God's word and not just in the words of the newscaster and the words of this person and that person. We'll be spending more time with God. So you're going to grow in your trust in God to the degree that you spend time, quality time, in God's word. And I want to just say this. I got, I got four more areas to go to, but I want to say this. We are in a war, and in a war is no time to take off. Listen, oh, we got more time at home, but it's no time to just take off and take a break from the word. Now, the second condition of trust, we're talking about growing our trust. The second condition of trust is your fellowship with God in prayer. Now, these two things go together, spending time in the word and prayer. Both are very important. Very important. The Bible says in Acts chapter 6, verse 4, that the apostles said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. <clears throat> so the apostles and Christ himself knew the importance of not just spending time in the word, but also spending time in prayer. Listen at Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Mark chapter 1, verse 35 in the traditional King James Version. It says, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he, Jesus, went out and departed into a solitary place and there prayed. Now notice this, and in the morning, rising up a great while before day, before all the demands, before all the responsibilities, before all the things that's going to take place in that day, Jesus got up early, went out, departed to a solitary, isolated place, and there he prayed. Prayer is very, very important. Now listen at this statement. <clears throat> We're talking about trust. Now listen, and we're talking about quality time, fellowship with God in prayer. Listen at this. You can only trust people that you know. You can only trust people that you know. And you can only know people that you spend time with. I'm going to say it again. You can only trust people that you know. 
and you can only know people that you spend time with. Just looking at this from a natural standpoint, just from a natural standpoint, because from a spiritual standpoint, you can know someone spiritually because God can give you a revelation of them without you having spent a whole lot of time. I learned who my pastor was by revelation. I I didn't, in fact, over the course of my uh, journey in faith, I've never eaten lunch. I've never person had a personal lunch with my pastor. I never been over my pastor's house. Um, I've never had that kind of relationship, but I know my pastor because God revealed him to me spiritually. So you can know people spiritually through revelation, but I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about in our normal friendships, our normal relationships. Listen at this. You can only trust people that you know. Now, you, you may say you trust somebody you don't know, but deep down inside, you don't. You can only trust people that you know, and you can only know people that you spend time with. You know, that's true of God. That's true of God. As you spend more time with God, you will know what he's like. In other words, you, you will know... You will know him and not just what he said. That was good. I say you'll know God and not just what he said. Now, it is possible. Listen at this statement. It is possible to know the scripture and not know the person who said it. It is possible to know the scripture and not know the person who said it. Now, it's a big difference in knowing the person and knowing what they said and just knowing what they said. Sometimes people will say things like, they'll say things like, Pastor Mike said. Okay, they'll say, Pastor Mike said. And another person will come along and say, a person who knows me will say, well, that doesn't sound like Pastor Mike. And even if Pastor Mike said it, that's not what he meant. Now, that person, they didn't just know what I was teaching. That person knew me. It is possible to know what the Bible says and not know the person of the Bible. You can only know the person of the Bible through prayer through prayer. You know him, you get to know who he is through prayer. Now, I was asked I was asked by a friend just recently, how did you get to the place where you could love people? In other words, they were saying, you love people. How did you get to that place? Now, I'll give you a gist of what I said. Now, I didn't say all this, but this is part of what I said. I didn't always love people. I didn't always love people. But I spent time with God. And because I spent time with God, I 
took on his personality. I took on his character. Does that make sense? In other words, if you're spending time with somebody, you know them, you know what they like, you know what they don't like. So when God says to me to bless to love my enemies and to bless those who curse me and do good to those who pray, who, who uh, do good to those who hate me and pray for those who despitefully use me. Th- those are not just scriptures to me. Though that's what my father said. That's the person that I spend time with. He loves enemies. So if I'm going to spend time with him, I'm going to love enemies. Okay. He blessed those who curse him. And if I'm going to spend time with him, I'm going to be blessing folk who curse. In other words, you, you take on the personality of who you spend time with. That's why the scripture says, make no friendship with an angry person because you'll take on their anger. The Bible says, don't be deceived. Evil communication Watch this. Evil communication corrupts good manners. In other words, who you hang with will impact your behavior. So if I'm spending time with God, then I won't just know what he said. I will know him. Does that make sense to you? So prayer is important. So you will know the person who said it. Many Christians know what will say it. So when they get in the crisis, they do something else because they don't know the person who said it. That's how you get to know the person who said it. You get to know the person who said it by spending time with the person, just you and the person. You're never going to trust God at a high level If you don't know him, if you don't know him and you're going to only get close to God by spending time in prayer. Well, let's let's move on. The third the third condition of of trust and developing trust is something that's very important to me. It is something that I have. I have tried to communicate. And I'm still trying to communicate this. Trust is based on you developing a faith-based relationship with God. You have to develop a faith-based relationship with God. It is your development of a faith-based relationship with God that's that's going to help you to trust him. Listen carefully, no matter what's happening in your life. Now, let me explain how I came to this insight about a faith based relationship. As a young Christian, a young believer, and even as a young pastor, young minister, I would just fall out with God all the time. I would just just like a little child. I get mad at God. Something wasn't going right in my life and 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 I didn't get a prayer answer and I just fall out with him. And I I, I was very honest with God. I just say, you mean God, I'm through with you. I I I I I I I I I quit. 
I would just quit. I would just have a little old, uh, what you call kids that fall out on the floor. And, you know, I, I, I would just have a tantrum. I had spiritual tantrums all the time. Every time something went right, I was fine. When things went bad, I'm mad at God. I'm through with God. I don't want to talk to God. I don't want to pray. I want to read the Bible. Even as a pastor, even as a minister, I would fall out with God. I, I, I don't have time to give you the details of it, but I fell out one time. You know how a parent get to the point where they say, listen, I'm, I'm through with that. Listen, it's time for you to grow up. I'm not going to feel sorry for you anymore. Just get off that floor. That I felt like God did me one day like that. Just get off that floor. I, I, I'm not going to put up with this with you, Michael, anymore. I'm not just going to put up with this. And what I did, I developed... The Spirit of God led, led me to develop a faith-based relationship with God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, must believe that he is, must believe that he is, and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. Now listen at this. A faith-based relationship with God, what is it? It is a relationship based on scriptural revelation of who God is and his nature. A faith-based relationship with God is a relationship based on scriptural revelation of who God is and his nature. So what I did, and I, and I, it had to be the Spirit of God that led me to do this. I went to the, the Bible and I started out in the book of Psalms and I just wrote down what the Bible said about God. OK, the word says in Psalms 86, 5, Psalms 86, 5, for thou, Lord, are good. So I saw in Scripture that God is good. And then in James 1, 17, the Scripture says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variableness nor shadow turning. So I saw in Scripture that God gives good things. He gives good gifts, and every good gift comes from him, and he doesn't change. And then I discovered not only that he was good, I discovered that he had integrity. He only speaks the truth. Numbers 23, 19 said that God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it? Shall he not do it? Has he spoken it? Shall he not make it good? So I found out that God only speaks the truth from the scripture. And then I found out that God keeps his promises. Psalms 89, verse 33 through 35. He said, I'm not going to take away my loving kindness, my faithfulness will not fail. And then God said in scripture, he says, I'll not break my covenant nor alter the thing that comes out of my lips. So I, I see from the word that God has integrity. The Bible says in Hebrews 6, verse 13 through 15, th verse 13 through 15 and verse 16 through 18, that God cannot lie. The Bible says in Titus chapter one, verse two through three, it's impossible. It says that God cannot lie. One text says it's impossible for him to lie. He cannot lie. So, OK, now I, I see from Scripture that he's good. I see from Scripture that he has integrity. Now, is he consistent, though? 
Well, the Bible says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, I am the Lord and I change not. So I, I, I see in Scripture that he's good, he has integrity, he's consistent. I also found out that, he, that he's capable. Philippians 4, 19 says he's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Haggai 2, 8 says the silver is his, the gold is his. So he got plenty. So I know he's capable. I know he's good. I know he's consistent. I know he has integrity. And I built my revelation of him on what the scripture says. Now, follow me. Faith-based relationship. Listen to this. To be able to trust someone to be able to trust someone, we need predictable responses on their part. I'll say that again. To be able to trust someone, we need predictable responses on their part. Well, James 1.17 said to me that God there's no shadow of turning to him. It says that he's not going to change his mind. In other words, he's not going to say yes, no, yes, no, and you don't know which way he's going to come. In other words, the promises of God are yes and amen all the time. Yes and amen to everything he says. He says yes to it. Okay, now listen at this. So now I understand this principle, and I want you to get this principle. Listen, if you don't get anything else, if you can develop a faith-based relationship with God, you're going to be so consistent no matter what's happening. No matter what, you're not going to, not going to be up and down. Now, listen at this. Consistency requires that we operate by principles and not by moods or feelings. Now, that's really good now. That's, that's tweetable, isn't it? Now, listen at this. Consistency requires that we operate by principles and not by moods or feelings. So if you and I are going to be consistent, because we can't trust God if we're not consistent. Think about it. We want him to be consistent, but we're not going to be consistent. You can't you cannot even have a good relationship with your spouse, your children. You can't have a good relationship with friends, co-workers, church members. If you're not consistent, consistency is critical to trust. Now, consistency requires that we operate by principles and not by moods or feelings. So when I put the scriptures together, I saw that God is good. God has integrity. God is consistent. God is capable. God, I can, I can trust him. I can trust him. Why? Because God is going to operate by principle and not by moods and feelings. So rather than having God over here and one day he angry at me and the next day he want to talk to me, he's never going to be like that. He's going to have his arms open like this all the time and he's not going to be folding his arm and say, I want to talk to you today. No, I learned that from scripture. Okay. I learned that from scripture. I can depend on him to operate out of principle and not out of moods or feelings. Now watch this. If you and I are going to be trustworthy, we have to operate out of principle and not out of moods or feelings. 
Well, Pastor Mike, do you ever feel bad sometimes? I feel bad a lot of times. Do, do, you, do you ever feel like not talking to folk? Yeah, I just feel like not talking to folk. Do you ever feel like giving pe- people a piece of your mind? Yeah, I feel like giving a piece of my mind in some words that I didn't even use when I was even saved. Listen, when I was saved, that encouraged, and there are some words come to my mind, but I learned you don't operate out of feelings or moods. You operate out of principle. Then you'll be consistent. That's how God operates. Now watch this, and I I, I got to go on, but listen at this. Listen at this, because if you get this, you can trust him in this time because everything is shaky around us. Everything is shaky around us, but I ain't shaky because I'm basing my relationship on scriptural revelation of him, not on. So a faith-based relationship is not a relationship based on circumstances, feelings, or the experiences of others. I'm going to say that again. A faith-based relationship is a relationship not based on circumstances, feelings, or experiences of others. So when it comes to God, I can trust him because my relationship is not based on my circumstances. If I got positive circumstances, I trust him. If I got negative circumstances, I trust him. Why? Because my relationship with him is not based on how my circumstances. In other words, oh, okay, things going good, so God is good. Things going bad, so God is bad. I don't, I can stay consistent. I can stay consistent with God. I don't fall out anymore. If I have challenges in my life, and I have challenges, if I have problems, if I have struggle, if there's even an apparent lack, listen, I'm going to stay consistent with God. I'm never going to say, God, now you're not good. No, 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 because my relationship is not based on my circumstances. My relationship is not based on how I feel. Sometimes I feel up, sometimes I feel down, just like you. Sometimes I feel up, sometimes I feel down, but I'm not going to base my relationship with God on how I'm feeling. I got goosebumps, so the Lord is with me. Oh, I feel cold right now. I'm not sure God is with me. No, he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. So you base that on the the scriptural revelation and not on how you feel. Well, so-and-so died. Well, I'm not going to change what I believe. Well, so-and-so did not make it. Well, the Bible says a thousand will fall at my side, 10,000 might right hand, but it shall not come near me. I'm just going to stay with the word. I'm not going to look at the experience of my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister, my husband. No, no, no. I'm not going to base my relationship on the experiences of others. No, I base my relationship on what the word says about my father. Now, if I base it, no matter what's happening around me, I'm going to stay consistent. If you get that, you're going to be hard to handle. The devil is going to be afraid of you. Because, see, the devil operates in the sense realm. That's what those fiery darts are over in Ephesians 6. He throws darts at us. He adverse circumstances, emotions are changing, and he wants us to go with the way we feel, go with what's happening in the circumstance. No, stay sad, stay steady on God. A faith-based relationship stays steady. The word is true. I believe the word. 
I'm not going with the circumstances, whether they're good or bad. I'm not going with how I feel, up or down. And I'm not going with the experiences of other people. They got a victory report. They got a bad report. Doesn't matter to me. My relationship is based on a revelation of what the word says about God and none of that other stuff. And in that way, you'll be able to trust him no matter what's going on in your life. Boy, that's good. The fourth condition, and I'll run through this. The fourth condition to trusting and growing your trust in God is your boldness to obey. You have to be bold to obey. Luke chapter 5, Jesus told Peter to launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a drop. The Bible says, and when they had this done, they called a boatload of fish. The boat began to sink. They called the other partners and the, their boats began to sink with a large catch of fish. Now listen at this. Verse 11 says, they forsook all and followed him. That's trust. They forsook all and follow him, that's trust. But watch this, their level of trust only came after verse six, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish. Obedience to God, as you obey him, it builds your trust. I can look over my past and I can see times where I obey God. And it built my trust. If you'll obey him right in the crisis, right in the tough times, then it'll build your trust because he's never going to let you down when you obey him. He's never going to let you down when you obey him. Which And the fifth, fifth condition of developed trust is your experience of God's faithfulness. Your experience of God's faithfulness. Your experience of God's faithfulness. Here's what David said in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 37, New Living Translation. David said, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine Goliath. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine Goliath. Now listen at this. Develop trust is confidence. Say that. Developed trust is confidence. Say it one more time. Developed trust is what? Confidence. Developed trust is confidence. Confidence is trust that has been proved right so often that it has come to a state of settled conviction. Your trust has been proven right so often that you come to a state of settled conviction. David said, listen, 
He delivered me from the lion. He delivered me from the bear. And he'll deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistine. He'll deliver me from this giant. Now, when I look back on my life, I used to tell people this. I used to tell people this, that I needed a crop in every field. Now, what I meant by that was when I looked at every part of my life, I was struggling spiritually because I was just a baby in Christ, didn't know a whole lot. I was struggling emotionally, worried all day long, just worried about everything. I was struggling physically. My stomach would hurt due to the worry every day to about 12 o'clock. I mean, just hurt every day. I was struggling in my marriage. We loved each other, but we didn't know how to relate to each other. And I've been married 41 years, struggling financially. I mean, just struggling financially. I mean, I mean, I just felt like I needed a crop in every field. Fast forward, when I look at my life now, I've grown spiritually, so God helped me to overcome. When I look at my life mentally and emotionally, I don't worry like I used to. I mean, I sleep well. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I look at my life physically. We had some, got some insurance not too long ago, and I got top-level premium health from my exam. I mean, physically, I look at financially, I'm just doing well financially, don't have any struggles. I look at my marriage. My wife is my very best friend on the whole planet. There's nobody I enjoy being with more than her. When I look at my life over the years, I can see faithfulness, God's faithfulness. Now, listen, you got a different story. Your story may not be like mine, but if you really look over your life, you can see times when God was faithful to you. God been faithful to you spiritually because some of you were totally ignorant, and now you know so much about the Bible. Think about the times you struggled in your past. God brought you past that. Think about the, the times where Finances will struggle for you, and now you can pay some of your bills. And just think about the time you were addicted and, and struggling with this addiction and struggling with that and struggling with that. Think about the lions in your life. Think about the bears in your life. Think about the faithfulness of God. Everybody got something that they can see and look back and say, listen, God brought me through that. God did that for me. God did. I know you got a testimony. You got to have a testimony because you're listening to me now. Think about it. Think about it. You are alive now. You can understand what I'm saying now. You may not have everything that you desire, but God has been faithful to you. Some of you need to walk around your house and look at your house. Some of you need to look at your kids. Some of you need to look. You will see the faithfulness of God. Watch this. If God was faithful to you in your past, and now we're faced with a Goliath, we got a giant, we got a financial crisis, we got a public health crisis, an economic crisis. Millions of people are unemployed right now. Millions of people. There's so many people been in, in, impacted. Think about it. If God delivered you in the past, why won't he do it now? Why is this bigger than 
Think about it. You were in trouble in the past. I was in trouble in the past. Think about it. I've been in some things. I couldn't get out of it. I said, God, you got to help me because I can't get out. I can't get out. Well, why will God now fold his arms and say, just get out of yourself? No, no, no. He's the same God who delivered you for whatever it was. He's the same God. And all this is, is just a giant. It's not a giant to God. It's a giant to us. And if we'll trust him like we trust him in the past, he'll see us through this. Just want to give a brief review and I'll I'll close. And if you have any questions, you can send them in. Listen, five conditions to develop in our trust. Number one, the quality of time you spend in God's word. Number two, your fellowship with God in prayer. Number three, your development of a faith-based relationship with God. Number four, your boldness to obey. And then number five, your experience of God's faithfulness. I trust that this series will be a blessing to you. Go back and listen to all five lessons. Share it with somebody. Come on, share share it with somebody, and I believe it'll be a blessing. Thank you so very much. Amen. Amen.